Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. What is the worst youth sport to attend? To bring your children to week after week after week. We are in the heart of that spring youth sports season. Are you in there in the sidelines with me, in the dugouts, in the stands, in the carpool lanes? Anything you need to do, it's brutal. Guys, welcome to the basement. We're going to talk about that. You had incredible responses to it. Also, the best thing I saw over the weekend was a football player playing a sport that wasn't football. And Robert Sala here in New York insists that... All of the former Packers becoming Jets has nothing to do with Rodgers wanting it or requesting it. He called it silly. <laughs> and I love Big Rob Sala. We'll get into that as well. Plus, the takes on takes. Dan Orlovsky, who has an incredible record in takes on takes, goes up against Ryan Clark, who was all business. We will settle it right here in the basement. Until then, what I love, what I hate, and you know it, what's hilarious. Oh. Come on. Friend of the basement, Scott Van Pelt, uh, likes to start his show with uh, the best thing I saw today, or the best thing I saw this week. Another guy I love, Dan Levitard, says, uh, always likes to start Mondays. What was the funniest thing of the sports weekend? He does the social call out on Sunday night. Well, the best thing I saw and the funniest thing of the sports weekend happened at the Micah Hyde charity softball game with a whole lot of Buffalo Bills, and the QB1 for the Buffalo Bills absolutely blasting the bejesus out of some dingers at the softball game. Just bring it up. Did you see? Did you see our guy 17? Boom! If, if you're listening right now, I'm just going to narrate it with onomatopoeia and sound effects from the old Batman TV show. Zap! God dang, he can hit that ball hard. Give me another one. And kablooey! Isn't it just hilarious to watch huge, strong athletes do things like that? I'm just going to say right now, you may hate the Buffalo Bills. You may be a diehard Jets fan, Dolphins fan, Patriots fan. Pow! Isn't it just fun to watch? When I was growing up, I used to like to watch SportsCenter a lot, and I really liked baseball highlights. It was really fun, and they have all the funny catchphrases. Just keep rolling this. It's just poetry in motion. All the funny catchphrases and... Guys making over-the-wall catches and diving catches and web gems and all that. I just don't watch baseball highlights much anymore. I haven't sat down and watched highlights of guys hitting balls like this over and over SportsCenter style like in the 90s in a long time. And Josh Allen just pasting them. Pasting them. It's like, I, I don't feel like since the steroid era of baseball in the 90s have I seen baseballs get hit this hard. Or softballs. This is Jeff Bagwell, Big Mac, Sammy Sosa... Big Cat, it's just all those guys, Brady Anderson, just pasting it. We're watching it this morning, Good Morning Football, and we're all kind of saying the same thing you say when you go back and say, you know, Josh Allen was a really good baseball player in high school. Boom! And you say, well, yeah, I think he made the right choice sticking with football. <laughs> and then Logan Ryan, defensive back, who's played against Josh many times, he's sitting there with me watching the clips, and he goes, you know, we're all saying he made the right choice sticking with football. Did he? Are we sure? <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, the, the lore about Josh, and he's talked to us about it in the basement, is that he was a pitcher in baseball and was hitting 90 on the speed gun. 
in high school, and we can see the power from the right side of the plate here. I wonder if he had stuck with baseball. You know, obviously he's really well paid as a Buffalo Bills quarterback, but the baseball money is crazy. His talent is crazy. He really looks a lot like Aaron Judge up there. It's got the same sort of size, that huge, massive swing. And you love in these softball games, they set up that little that little kitty fence that's in the middle of the outfield. He hits it 90 feet past that out onto the, to the highway headed to Lake Erie. Just a beautiful, beautiful swing. It's so fun to watch. He shows up, actually lost the home run derby, but won the, the hearts and minds of all the children in attendance. I've watched this so many times this weekend. It keeps coming up on every tweet I look at. It keeps coming up on every show I'm working on. And there's one of them where it goes a little bit higher. It's not necessarily like the belt high. It's not one of the low ones. It's a little higher, and it's the hardest one he hits. And then he, he wants to say to Vince Carter, it is over. It wasn't. Let's see if it's this one. Yeah, I mean, I can't even tell them apart. They're all so good. It's like he, he hits every single ounce of it every time. You want to say Josh won the weekend with that? Give me another one. Boom! Oh, they're all so pure. They're all so pure. You want to say he won the weekend with that, but here's the thing. After you show up and you help the event that benefits charity. Oh, my, that might have been the one. He hit about 50,000 feet worth of just absolute bombs off the softball uh, pitch. Then he's at the Derby, too. And this is funny to me, watching number 17 for the Bill show up at the Derby just dressed up and swagged out and all cool because we know this is not how Josh gets down. Josh has told us that his idea of style is he's got a couple pair of Jordans. He likes sweatpants. He likes sweatshirts. And there he is wearing a sort of Frango mint colored three-piece suit with an open collar, some expensive sunglasses, longer hair, Big old thumbs up. Look at the size of that ham. Look at the size of that hand. It looks like a ham. Giant ass thumb. Looks like it's about three feet long. Looking good. That's on Derby Day. And then there's another one. You know, there's like the pre-events and stuff like that. Look at Josh there. Dead serious, stone-faced, with a crisp collar. I don't know what the hell that jacket is. It's sort of a peach pink colored floral thing with rolled up sleeves, like a sport coat. He's got the scruff. He's with his crew, he's with a whole bunch of friends, looking real good. I think Josh won the weekend. And if you want to come in here, oh, yeah, too bad he can't beat so-and-so or losing the play. Who cares, guys? It's May. He shows, he dress up, he's hitting jacks. We'll get to football soon. Schedule's coming out this week. I'm sure he'll be in primetime many times. In a way, I hate to sound so patronizing. I'm proud of Josh Allen number 17 because it's not easy to put that floral jacket on when you're used to just putting on the sweatshirt and the sweatpants and like showing out with a pair of conventional Jordan 1s. Not easy to do it. And I don't know, probably some, somebody probably showed him some stuff. Probably said, oh, we could try this, we could try this. And he's like, eh, I don't know. Took a risk. Put himself out there. And I respect that. We have not talked to Josh in a while. Last time we talked to him, it was maybe after the season. We think he'll be in soon. We really do. We love our guy. We have the little miniature painting here. Uh, we support him. And everything uh, in regarding his life, certainly when it comes to hitting uh, 62 home runs and breaking Maris's record right there on the softball field, and it felt like five seconds. It's a beautiful display, and uh, I don't care if you're Bengals fan, Chiefs fan, did you not get fired up by hitting those jacks? Somebody's like, yeah, put Mahomes on the mound, he'd strike him out in three pitches. I don't know if he would, tough guy. I don't know. Better not hang one of those pitches over the plate, or it's going to pound town. Uh, Josh Allen, we will see him again soon. In the meantime, I think he won the weekend, both on the red carpet 
and in that batter's box just go boom all right but let's get to a division rival now of josh allen that would be the new york jets and unfortunately i hate to say this but it comes in the form of what i hate let's go I like it. We're in the uh, first week of May here still. Today is May 8th. I guess it's technically the second week. And uh, we are already in the hashtag narrative correction phase of the Aaron Rodgers New York Jets experience. Big Bob Sala was out there and there was this whole thing when you started hearing the news that, well, the Jets had signed Lazard and that was clearly to lure Rodgers. And then they did lure Rodgers and they're signing uh, Cobb and not to mention Nathaniel Hackett. And it was this whole thing, this, this narrative where they're just bowing to Aaron Rodgers' demands or his wish list. And Salah finally said, listen, silly. Go ahead, Bob. So I'm trying to say this as respectfully as I can. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not attacking anyone. It's just a, uh, I do think it's a silly narrative. You know, that whole narrative of um, whatever's being trying to, what people are trying to put on the quarterback, I think it's, it's, it's tired, but... Um, it's it's common practice in the NFL. It's Mercedes Lewis possibility. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Exactly, you don't know. I can't believe they don't have Mercedes Lewis, the big dog. Bring him in. Um, here's how I come out. I love how Salah handles it. I want to say this as respectfully as possible. He knows this can make some waves, and he's a smart guy. It's a silly narrative. All right, I'll meet you halfway. The silly narrative is the idea that is a list of demands that Aaron Rodgers once sat down and said to the Jets brass, you gotta bring in this guy and this guy and this guy. I don't think that happened. I don't even think that it was a form of a wish list. I don't even think there was something written down that said slide it across the table. I'm not saying you have to sign those guys, but I am saying it would be nice if you did, okay? I'm also not saying not to sign those guys. I don't think any of that actually happened. but. I mean, they are interested in those guys because of their relation to Rodgers. Let's, let's be honest with that. All due respect for Randall Cobb, and anytime you say all due respect, you're about to disrespect somebody. The Jets really were interested in bringing in 32-year-old Randall Cobb, lovable guy, really good player, put together a pretty good season last year. Like, that has nothing to do with Rodgers. If, if you were just going to roll out Zach Wilson this year and just hope for the best and buckle up, you were going to bring in Randall Cobb? You were? Are you sure? You were going to bring in Alan Lazard, too? You just loved what he put on the field and put on tape last year so much that you're like, let's get Lazard in here. I think he might be the difference to get us over. Really, he could pick up Zach Wilson's game. Hackett, yeah, sure. Hackett was a very valuable asset you could add because he wasn't ready to be a head coach, but he was really liked as an offensive mind and everything, fine. But your Cobb is there because Rodgers is there. And I don't begrudge anybody. I really love it. I love that Rodgers has the power and the equity and the respect in this, this point in his life where he can hook up his guys. He really can. It's what we all want. How often do you want to, if you get something nice in your life or you get a privilege or you get some sort of prize or trip or anything, like you want to share it with certainly your family, but in the case of being a professional athlete, like your guys, your friends. If I get concert tickets, I would love to, can I get a backstage pass for my guy too? I'd love to bring him. He hooks up his friends. I think that's great. I don't think Randall Cobb would be a New York Jet if Aaron Rodgers was not a New York Jet. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have been a Green Bay Packer in the last time around if Aaron Rodgers wasn't a Packer. Rodgers is comfortable with Cobb. They're very close friends. They have a chemistry on the field and that's great. But let's not ignore the fact that he has very tight relationships with the Packers that are now becoming Jets. 
Did you see Rogers' annual Kentucky Derby photo? Find the New York Jet in there that was not formerly a Packer. It's just a whole slew of Packers. Those are his guys. That's 18 years. You got AJ on the left, who looks like he has, I don't know, an entire pallet of cigars with him. AJ, I think that's sufficient with the cigars. I love that you're the cigar guy. He has an entire Ziploc bag, a gallon-sized thing that looks like it's bulging at the seams. I see Lazard in the middle. I see Cobb right there in the Scarecrow hat. I see 50 different Bakhtiari brothers. Matt Flynn still showing up. Love it. Devontae looking great. But that's his crew. If the Jets could, they'd bring in Devontae. If the Jets could, they'd bring in Bakhtiari. And they should. I'm not saying it's dumb. Put everybody around Aaron Rodgers that makes Aaron Rodgers comfortable, happy, at home. He's moving to North Jersey. I was. I understand he was living in a hotel. Maybe still be looking for a place to live. I think that's what he told Pat. So, yes, bring his friends around. But acknowledge that they're there because Aaron wants them there. Because it makes Aaron happy. Now, I know Sal's going to say, no, Randall's a great player and we've always admired him. And, you know, we have brought in Allen well before we had Aaron. Okay, I understand. It's a way to be respectful to the player. But, you know, don't pee on my shoulder and tell me it's raining. Those are Rogers guys. Rogers is the franchise right now. You got to win with this dude. I don't begrudge you for bringing in anybody. We've all made the jokes. You should bring in Mercedes Lewis and you should see if Jordy Nelson wants to come out of retirement and you should see if Greg Jennings wants to make up with Rodgers for taking shots at him all the time through the media and bring him in and bring in Donald Driver. Who here? Bring in everybody. Those are the jokes. Ha ha ha. The real joke is that we've surrounded Rodgers with some guys who he's comfortable with and are saying it's a silly narrative. It's not. I don't think Rodgers demanded it. I don't think he has to demand it. I think Sala and Big Joe Douglas are smart enough to not even make him demand it. They're like, let's get some Rodgers guys in here now. Let's try to win this thing, all right? All right. Now, one thing we can all agree on. Youth sports, complicated. Make you proud, make you excited, make you devastated, make you nervous. Most of all, make you really, really busy and make you very opinionated about them. Let's get to what I hate. Missing the syrup for your pancakes? Or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? Hate that. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $10 value when you use code BRANT at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $10 on a $15 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Brant. Do not forget, my friends, that's code Brant for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
this is funny. I was supposed to say let's get to what's hilarious, but as I was ramping up about New York's or about uh, youth sports, rather, I said I called it what I hate, which take for that what you will. It's probably the subtext coming out for me. We are right now in the absolute dog days of spring sports. Spring sports, very demanding. It's a lot of little league. It's a, a, a lot of travel league if you're into that. There is still soccer inexplicably being played. There is now spring flag football. There's lacrosse. There's, you know, maybe early f- forms of swimming. It's a lot right now. And the weather is getting nice if you live in a place like I do where the re- weather is usually crap. And it's not a joke. It's the weekends are just scheduling the games and practices and just trying to come up for oxygen in between them. It is the kind of season where when you leave the house with your child or with your children, you have to bring multiple uniforms for multiple different sports, sometimes multiple uniforms for different teams in different sports. You have to bring snacks, lunches, water, everything. And you're doing things where we have to leave this game early and we're gonna get to that other game late, but it's the best we can do. And while we're driving across town from the first game, you need to eat this granola bar and this uh, Uncrustable and change into this uniform in the back of the car. And by the way, knock your cleats off in the parking lot so you don't get mud all over the car and don't put your cleats on the seat. It is just, it's real rolled up sleeves, big time hardcore parenting. You really gotta go. And in the meantime, you're trying to support them emotionally and maybe coach them athletically and try to teach some lessons that they might have learned in that winter loss and advise them and help them and encourage them. Or maybe if they did something they shouldn't have, you have to admonish them if they weren't respectful or they didn't show sportsmanship. It's all these things just to physically get them there in the right colors with some food in their stomach before you even try to be a parent between the years. It's really hard. I took a photo of the back of our car last weekend. This is what it looks like. And this is not a staged photograph. If you see this picture, we have a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. And in the back of this car, one car, we have uh, a baseball glove, ice skates, a lacrosse stick, a football, a tennis racket, a batting helmet, a baseball bat, and a second baseball glove, all piled on top of a massive Louisville Slugger equipment bag that holds bases, practice bases, catching equipment, and some first aid crap that you have to have if you're a coach. That is one weekend. And that is, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six sports. Six sports. Oh, we also have some soccer cleats over on the right side. I didn't see that. Make it seven. That's just one family. And we don't have five kids. We have two kids and they're young. My my, my daughter's six. We don't have like the 15 year old and the 13 yet. We'll get there. So it is really challenging and it is really difficult and it can be very stressful, but man, the highs are so high. And I experienced one of the greatest highs this past week. I'm coaching Calvin's little league team. It's a house league team. They play fourth, uh, third graders and second graders, really. It's really kind of like that. And um, you know, Calvin's had to work really hard to be able to hit and he's had some ups and downs, frankly, and it's been tough and it gets tough emotionally on him and you strike out. And this is the, first, this is the early stages of kid pitch. But on this particular day, he just found it out. He just settled in. He stepped towards the pitcher. He watched the ball hit the bat. And my God, he just knocked the cover off this thing. And if you can, I don't know if you can hear me or not. I'm coaching first base while I film. I'm not sure the audio picked it up. 
actually it picked it up really clearly. See if you can hear me encouraging my son to take third just as he was rounding first when he just smashed one. Go ahead. There it is. Oh my gosh! Go! 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 Go to second! Go to second! Go to third! Go to third! Go to third! Whoa, that was close. So fired up. Let me say this first because there's kids involved. The other team was a really nice team. They had great sportsmanship. They played really well. That pitcher did a great job that day. He threw strikes in a time when it was very difficult to throw strikes. Umpire, strike zone was here, it was there. He did a great job. But you heard me just screaming and screaming. And the high-pitched scream coming from the stands, that's my wife. So that's just what you do at these games. You wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And when your kid finally gets up to bat, if something goes good, you scream like a moron and try to be supportive and positive. And if something goes bad, it's always, oh, that's okay. Next time, bud. Great job. That's all right. That's all right. It's just constant, constant, so much emoting and so much yelling. <laughs> so it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And it's one of these things that I feel like when he gets older, I'm going to miss. And I'm going to tell parents with younger kids, enjoy this while you have it. So I really am trying to enjoy it. Man, he really did smash that thing. Smashed it. I don't know where that came from. Out of nowhere. I hope he can do it again. But let's focus on the negative. We asked you guys, what's the best and worst youth sport to sit through, to travel to, to endure? And I think there's a handful of categories. I think what you want to look for when you're trying to really judge whether the juice is worth the squeeze or just really how miserable it is for you. Length of the game or meat or whatever it is. Uh, the lack of actual performance by your child. Meaning if you have a three-hour experience... How much of that three hours are they actually being around the ball or trying to perform? Weather is a huge one. If you have to sit outside when it's cold or when it's hot, it sucks. Indoor helps. Other parents uh, on the team, are they cool? Are they a good hanger? Are they obnoxious? Opposing parents, same questions. And then just stress. You know, soccer is not terribly stressful unless maybe your kid is a goalie. But baseball is highly stressful because when the kids at the bat it's one of the only sports where every single person is just looking at them every kid every player every umpire and even more so when your kid is pitching so baseball lacks up really adds up really high on that little league baseball kid pitch the first stages of it are very difficult to sit through my team does a really nice job and i'm proud of them let's see what you guys think we asked for the best and the worst and typically you just said the worst let's go to the social media here we go nick shine says Little League Baseball, when the kids are too young, can't pitch, and walk everybody, and the catcher can't catch yet. That's pretty much tough to beat right there. What happens is um, 8 out of 10 pitches are pass balls. Occasionally, the kid will catch one. And then you have to go down and track it and pick it up. And then what happens a lot of time is once the kid in the catcher's gear picks it up, when he throws it back to the pitcher, it, it goes past the pitcher. Then the little second baseman has to go over and pick it up. He throws it to the pitcher, and that goes past the pitcher. So now we've got two overthrows after one ball and bad pitch. Heaven forbid the kid throws a strike. He's got at least 60 seconds before he gets to throw the next pitch. All the muscle memory is gone. It's just back and forth. It's very cute, but the cuteness wears off very fast. Nick Shine, you, you, you nailed it with that one. Next, Jacob Hester. This is my guy. I love Jacob Hester. LSU, Chargers. Let's see what he says. Jacob Hester. He says, without any argument, the worst to th sit through is the first year of 
player pitch youth baseball. Okay, he agrees. You get excited when either team throws a strike and or makes any hint of contact. <laughs> a foul tip can bring the crowd out of their seats and create pandemonium. It's so true. In some of these games, a kid just merely lucking into a fraction small foul tip, you can think it is a walk-off home run in the World Series. And it's always, oh yeah, yeah, you got a piece of it. Great swing. Now you got it. Now you got it now. Did you feel that? Now you got it. Next pitch, he strikes out swinging or it's 50 balls in a row. Foul tips are electric, especially for a child that has had, had trouble swinging the bat. If they even just go like a blind luck foul tip that just dinks over to the side, it, it's you know, they should flip the bat like they just hit a 500-footer. It's so true. Um, this, the, the, the walks are so consistent. Walk, walk, walk. The only thing that breaks up the walks is the kids getting hit by pitch. So that's at least a faster walk because he just put one right on him. The kid cries and runs the first base. It's tough. Jacob Hester, love that you tweeted that. You're right. Next, best or worst youth sports to sit through. Andrew says five to seven-year-old flag football is the worst. Most kids, including my own, can't throw, catch, or grab a flag. It's rough. I've coached that too. Uh, it's unbelievably rough. You get these five to seven little adorable nose pickers in the huddle and you try to have some semblance of a play and you're going to land here and you're going to land here. Are you listening? Are you listening? And all they ever do is say, can I have the ball? Can I have the ball? And you say, you're going to hand it off. You're going to look this way and you're going to hand it off to Timmy. You got it. You got it. And they finally get it. And then you got to break the huddle and line them all up and they're not going to the right place and it's hurting cats and hurting cats. And then when you finally get them, you say, all right, say hike. They say hike and the center gives it to them and they drop the ball. And when they drop the ball, the play is immediately blown dead and you have to go back in the huddle. It is really tedious really tedious i've done it andrew great tweet next toughest youth sport to watch to endure alabama pro update says worst club swim meets you get the heat sheet and your child is swimming in events eight and 66 and nobody has any clue who's winning the meet god that's good i've been to a bunch of swim meets myself <laughs> so you're telling me my kid's going to swim at 10.15 a.m. and then 9.30 p.m. <laughs> also, is they, are they winning? Don't know. Can't ask the scorer. He doesn't know. Ask the starter. He is, definitely doesn't know, and he's armed. Don't ask him. Swim meets are a very strange form of sporting event. That's a great tweet. Next, what's the worst? Evan says, definitely lacrosse is the best spring sport, and there isn't even close. Always action and usually some solid hits. Nice. That's to hear, nice to hear a positive one. He says the worst is Little League rec baseball for anything under 11. It's torch. It is tough, guys. It's really tough. There's too many walks. The pitching is too hard. And it's, sometimes the pitching is too good. If you get this one ringer, some kid who doesn't have his birth certificate has got to dip in and he's just ringing kids up, they have no chance of swinging or striking out, it's even swinging and making contact anything. It's brutal. Evan, good tweet. Next. Drew says, love soccer. But watching your kid play goalkeeper is the worst. Even if he or she is really good, it's stressful to watch. I would think it's stressful just because there's no action. Those kids in playing soccer, they get so bored. I used to do it. You, you freeze your butt off, too, if it's too cold. I, I hear you, though. Drew. Oh, no, next. That was Drew. La, love you, Drew. Thank you. Next. Samuel. The worst is dance. And don't argue with me about dance not being a sport. Oh, I don't care about that. He continues. You are literally at a competition for 17 hours. My daughter is in three team dances and two solos 
for a total of 15 minutes worth of performance time. See? That, that, that percentage of how much are they actually playing the sport versus how much is your life just fading away as you wait for them to play the sport, that's a tough ratio. Samuel, great tweet. Let's do, uh, let's do one more. Brian says, <laughs> he says the worst is track. Wait mere, wait, no, excuse me. He says track. Wait hours for mere seconds. What's the schedule? What heat is my kid in? Oh, here he comes. Why aren't they racing? Oh, great, the gun is jammed. 10 minutes to fix the gun. Okay, gun is working, but no race yet. Finish line broken now. Quick, it started. Oops, you missed it. <laughs> Brian, that tweet could have been the whole segment. Absolutely great. It does take a long time to fix that stupid gun, doesn't it? <laughs> a gun is always jamming up. We really need a gun at this point. How old-fashioned and stupid is that? Just have a sound effect to start it. You got some guy with the white hat on. He's got his badge and all his accreditation. And, like, he's approved to do it. And he's so cool with that gun. And it's, you don't need a gun. What the hell are we doing with that? Great tweet. Loved it. We could do a sequel segment to this. We could just do the show about this. Guys, excellent work. I still think it's youth baseball. First year of kid, kid pitching. Tedious. Really tedious. Uh, let's move on to takes on takes. All right, you know how this works. We have takes. I have numbers. I judge the takes. One winner, one loser. First up, Dan Orlovsky, who has a really impressive 5-1 and one record in takes on takes. He's on ESPN's Get Up, giving a 2023 preview of what he expects from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields in year three. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, Justin Fields is going to be in the MVP conversation this season. Greeny, I said that last yeah. year and everyone mocked it. Okay, so just to remind everybody at home, the Chicago Bears had the number one pick. Okay? They, they were terrible last year. The only reason that they were actually in games because of Justin Fields. Everyone continues to say follow the Jalen Hurts model for the style. No. Justin Fields' season should look a lot like what Josh Allen's second season did that last half. I remember everyone talking about Josh. I think his last 11 games of his second season, he went for like 18 touchdowns and three picks. And you saw, uh-oh, it's starting to take off. That's what this season should look like from start to finish for Justin Fields. I'll say it again. He is going to be in the MVP conversation this year because he finally has the right people around him to allow his talents to excel. I like it. He went really big. I don't know if I agree. I don't know if Justin Fields is as talented of a passer as Josh Allen, but I, who are me to get into the minutia of the passing right now? It's not what the segment is about. Orlovsky comes out and knows how to do it. MVP conversation. Sort of that vague... What does conversation even mean? Is it six or seven, eight, nine, ten guys? Doesn't matter. I like the take. You referenced Josh in year two. He had some stats to sprinkle in. It wowed the group. Some people are nodding. Some people are shaking their head. That's always very good. Listen, Dan does well in these things. It's just solid, quick. Not an ounce of fat on it. Gets in, gets out, gets the take. I gave him a seven. Dan gets a seven for that one. There wasn't going for the comedy. It was just kind of bold, and he backed it up properly, and Dan's very good at TV. But so is Ryan Clark, and he's next. Uh, on ESPN's NFL Live, Ryan Clark has to beat a 7. He has a 2-1 and one record. So both these guys only have one loss. He only averages a 5.6, though, so that's not going to get it done. 
Ryan Clark with his opinion on Aaron Rodgers. Something I talked about earlier. Here's Clark talking about Rodgers bringing his guys with him to New York. You know what, though? I, I like the way, like, Aaron Rodgers does a good job of, like, lying in a way that doesn't make him a liar, right? Because if you <laughs> point out, like, the, the, the finer points of something that make your version of the truth the truth, you win, right? He's like, you're acting like I wrote down on a list on a piece of paper, and it wasn't like a piece of paper. He texted it. You're acting like I said you have to go sign these guys. He's like, well, but we had a conversation. And that's the great, that's the best way to lie. You just lie by just averting the <laughs> eyes to something else. But the other thing is this, you know, in thinking about this move, it also may have a lot to do with Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, who was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, who was there with Alan Lazard. He was also there with Randall Cobb. He's bringing over some people that could speak his language. What I don't like about it is this. It seems that everything now is revolving around Aaron Rodgers being separate or apart from the New York Jets. They're now building the Green Bay Packers of New York, and that's not what it should be. When Tom Brady bought in Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, he brought in players that could effectively help them win football games. Mm. If you believe Randall Cobb can do that, then I believe this is a good pickup. If you're just doing it to placate to Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that's the message that needs to be sent throughout the New York Jets locker room. That's good. Uh, he had a fun take where he was saying that Rodgers isn't a liar, he's just truthful. And by saying, I didn't write it down on a piece of paper, he's not saying he didn't request it, he's just saying, I literally didn't write it on a piece of paper, I texted it that I want these guys. Also then you got into something a little more cerebral at the end where he was saying, you know, like it's great that you're friends with Randall Cobb, but like is Randall Cobb helping you win a Super Bowl? Or is it just, you like him and you like throwing to him? It's not like Gronk coming to Tampa Bay, it's Gronk's first ballot Hall of Famer, who still performed at a high level. I don't know, I like it. I'm in a crossroads with this because I feel like they're both kind of sevens. They really are. So we don't do ties and takes on takes. I just have to make the decision. Um, I, I, you know what, I, I, can't, I can't give Ryan, I already have uh, Orlovsky locked in for a seven. That was not an eight from Ryan Clark. So unfortunately he just gets the six and Orlovsky gets the win. It was good. It was good. But I'm not, I can't just hand out eights like candy. You have to really earn eights. Ryan Clark has earned them before. He'll earn them again. Right now he earns the loss though. Dan Orlovsky goes to six and one. Not his most impressive win, but he just kind of gutted it out. It was, it was an ugly win. He got it six and one to takes on takes with his Justin Fields will be the MVP conversation. It kind of makes me laugh. It's so vague. So perfect. Dan Orlovsky, congratulations. You get the win. And congratulations to everybody else. You get to see me throw a dart. Let's go to Skycam over my upper left shoulder. There it is. Hey, everybody. I'm going to walk over here past the Peloton, past my guy Ben Wallace, the worst free throw shooter in history. And I'm going to throw a dart. Let's see what today's number is. Yep, I think that's uh, maybe the second show in a row. That's a big old 20 up top. Number 20. That means topic number 20, the ultimate final topic on our list of 20 topics to match the dartboard. I've never seen any of them. And today is favorite fast food restaurants. All right. Should I be thinking of this in terms of potential uh, sponsorship and, and opportunities for the Kyle Brand's basement? All right, here's how I'll answer this. I could easily say McDonald's, the All-American. 
I, I, I enjoy McDonald's. I eat McDonald's sometimes too. My kids get it all the time. Big Taco Bell guy, always have been. Born and raised Taco Bell. You could go the regional thing, In-N-Out Burger, that type of thing. I have a soft spot for one. I don't know if it's like, if I rank my top 10, it would be my number one. But there's one I have, I feel like, an emotional connection with, and it's a chain that takes a lot of crap and that a lot of people don't like, and I like it because it's a little polarizing. You know what I love to get? I love to get some Arby's. I will do it. I will do the Arby's. I will do the Arby's giant. They got a sandwich called the Big Montana, at least they used to. This thing's got to have three pounds of beef on it. I used to do a thing in high school. They used to have a deal in the 90s where you could get a five for five. And for five US dollars, they would give you five sandwiches. <laughs> I would eat all five. All five. Five roast beef sandwiches for life. For lunch. And they weren't they weren't sliders. They weren't small. They were actual size sandwiches for five bucks, and you get five of them. But this, the rock and roll star of Arby's is the Arby's sauce. It's pretty much just tangy ketchup. There's some weirdos out there who go to Arby's and get the horsey sauce. No, no, no. I get Arby's sauce. The sandwiches are excellent, but they're merely a conduit for the sauce. It is a preposterous amount of sauce that I put on those things. One of those whole ketchup bottles. If you're doing five for five, I would have to go for a supplemental bottle after like three and a half of those sandwiches. Every single bite is just drowning in that beautiful Arby's sauce. What are they putting that stuff? They absolutely stuck the landing. Love Arby's. Love it. Have since the 80s. Do now. We'll always, we'll always get it. I remember feeling like eating something. You know, it's a little bit of a treat, if you will. I hit that Arby's and I hit it hard. Curly fries, get out of here. That's it, guys. Time for you to get out of here as well. Love you, miss you. Like, subscribe, tweet, post, Insta, review, share, tell everybody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. Go get yourself a big Montana. Tell them Kyle sent you. Bye-bye.